This is News Talk 980 CKNW. It's time to check in with Rick Forchuk. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, and we have a lot of films to get to, so we'll yeah. get right to it, and Coco is the first one. Yeah, this is all because of American Thanksgiving, and uh, we won't get to them all. But yes, Coco is the first one. It'll be the top of the box office this weekend, and it's a visually stunning animated feature from Disney Pixar, Joe. It's already set box office records in Mexico. It's doing very big business north of the border, too. Now, you don't have to have Spanish blood coursing through your veins to get the story, but that couldn't hurt. Um, it's a story of a, a boy named Miguel. Uh, he's voiced by Anthony Gonzalez. He's a young Mexican boy who harbors a secret. He has a guitar, and he loves to play. His absolute musical hero is Ernesto de la Cruz, voiced by Benjamin Bratt, who unfortunately is deceased. The reason that Miguel has a secret is that music is banned in his family, and to even hum a tune is forbidden. It's a generations-old issue that the boy does not understand. Four generations of his family live under one roof, and when Miguel's guitar secret is discovered, he takes off on his own. On the Mexican holiday, the Dia del Muertos, the Day of the Dead, the dead go from their land of lights and color into ours. And through an accident of magic, Miguel is thrust into the land of the dead, where the story's true roots begin to show. It's a tale of the connections that ancestors have to the living, about why one must remember their forebears, and about the pursuit of a dream without regard to the opposition. When Miguel encounters his musical idol in the land of the dead, some very interesting connections become apparent. Children will love the music and the color, and adults will revel in the magnificent storytelling with a real point to it. The rating is G. It's suitable for all family members, despite all the skeletons. And a very, very fine movie, Joe. All right. Uh, looks fantastic. Uh, next one features Denzel Washington and Colin Farrell. Yes, and who would go to a movie called Roman J. Israel Esquire? <laughs> You know, if it were not for Denzel Washington and Colin Farrell, I don't think anybody would even bother to darken the doors of the theater. But this is an amazing movie, and it, devise, it just defies categorizing. Uh, Washington and Farrell are both lawyers, but it's not a courtroom movie. It's not an inner-city Los Angeles gangland movie. It isn't a crime and punishment film. What it is is a remarkable character study that likely would never have been made had these two big names not been attached to it. Uh, the director and writer is Dan Gilroy. He did The Born Identity, Nightcrawler, and Kong Skull Island. He's turned a creative and experienced hand to this story, in which Denzel is the title character, Roman J. Israel Esquire. He's a lawyer who has worked in the background for 30 years with a partner who did all the courtroom work. As a back office guy, he did not make a lot of money. He chose career over marriage, and his values are firmly stuck in the 70s, from his Afro hairdo to his 70s double-knit suits to his passion for social justice. The first act that we're party to in the opening of the film is a revelation that his longtime partner has had a massive heart attack and is in a coma. There are cases in progress, and Israel, who has not seen the inside of a courtroom in years, struggles in trying to deal with the open cases. Colin Farrell's character is George Pierce. He runs a high-end law firm with four offices in the greater L.A. region, and the afflicted partner named him to act on his behalf should anything ever happen. His actions are directed at winding up the firm, which will leave Roman jobless for the first time in three decades. Although it's not spelled out, it's clear that Roman is likely autistic, that he has attention deficit disorder, and that he's a savant of sorts with a photographic memory. We follow the path of this brilliant but dysfunctional man who struggles with his 70s values and led to the realities of having to survive. Now, nothing is predictable here, Jill. Each time an event occurs, we think we know what will happen next, but it's always something else. 
The movie's a gripping character study with an exceptional pair of performances by Washington and Farrell with a nice set piece from Carmen Ayogo as an idealistic legal volunteer in a storefront office. A quiet but most amazing little film. The rating is 14A. All right, to Roman J. Israel Esquire. And uh, given the season we are in, the man who invented Christmas. Yeah, and I was a great fan of Scrooge, A Christmas Carol. I found this film an excellent journey uh, through the journey that Charles Dickens traveled to create what is arguably the finest Christmas story ever. Now, Dan Stevens from Downton Abbey and Beauty and the Beast is excellent as the author, struggling with writer's block after the failure of his previous works. Now, the Pickwick Papers and Oliver Twist made him a renowned author and celebrity in London, but now, after three failed publications, he's in trouble emotionally and financially. His wife, Kate, played by Morphid Clark, is expecting their sixth child. His almost-a-con-man father is bleeding him financially by selling off anything that has Dickens' signature on it, and he cannot come up with a new idea as he slips further into debt. In a moment of manic inspiration, Dickens commits to publish his next book as a Christmas story to be released on December 25th, which is just six weeks away. But he does not have a single idea. We watch as he goes about his business, catching bits and pieces of dialogue here and there. Uh, He overhears a man say of Christmas, uh, just a way to pick a man's pocket every December 25th. Uh, Those words become part of what Scrooge has to say. We hear another wealthy man, who claims to be self-made, say that the poor should be in the workhouses or simply allowed to die to solve the overpopulation problem. Now, all of these show up in the final draft of Dickens' book. That's Christopher Plummer as Ebenezer Scrooge, though, who steals the show. He, as well as the other characters from the story, take on the form of real people as Dickens begins his work. He argues with them, they taunt him, but it's Scrooge who turns out, turns out to have a great deal of the author in him. He blazes the way. Stuck for an ending with time running out, we learn the deep secret that the author has carried since childhood, and the one thing that allows Scrooge to make the big turnaround that occurs after the visitation by the three spirits. It's a little like watching a PBS Masterpiece Theater production. I thought it was excellent, but it's not likely to make a dent in the box office south of the border with Coco in the theaters, Jill. Uh, But it's a very, very good movie. All right. And I'm also hearing a ton about Lady Bird. Yeah, this is a small movie. It's getting Oscar buzz for the performances of two-time Oscar nominee Sarshi Ronan and Laurie Metcalf. It's written and directed by one-time actress Greta Gerwig. Uh, she was in To Rome with Love as an actor. It's some, a sometime uh, autobiographical story of a mother and her teenage daughter and the love-hate relationship that develops in many families where teenage girls seem to transform from cute young girls to raging monsters. That takes place in Sacramento, California, which is Gerwig's hometown, and the self-named Ladybird, played by Ronan, is the one who loves theater and just wants to get away to someplace that has culture, like New York City. A little early for that, says Mom, and the fight is on once again. It's a character study and a coming-of-age movie that will resonate with women more than men. It's a small film with a big message, and the rating, Jill, is 14A. All right. Uh, We'll take a look at uh, the streaming services, Netflix. Yeah, we'll do this quickly. Uh, Godless from 2017. This is brand new on Netflix. Uh, Steven Soderbergh and Scott Frank created this series. They're best known for Get Shorty. Uh, This one is a classic Western of sorts, centered on a town in New Mexico in the 1880s that's populated entirely by women, no men in sight. 
Uh, the mystery of this fact, along with the challenges faced by the male characters who find their way into this place, is enough for a seven-episode series very suitable for binge-watching. It's rated for mature audiences, but it's very, very good, Joe. All right. And they also have a new one, Mudbound. Uh, yeah, this film premiered earlier this year at the Sundance Festival, where it got a standing ovation. It's a dramatic series of events awaiting two men who return home from World War II to work on a farm in rural Mississippi. Racial issues abound. Manitoba's Garrett Hedlund stars, as does Oscar nominee Carrie Mulligan, and that one is rated mature. That's Mudbound on Netflix. All right. Crave has James Bond. They do. They continue their James Bond series. This is Spectre from 2015. Uh, this movie follows the events uh, in Skyfall, which saw the death of M, played by Judy Dench, and the reshaping of the British spy organization MI6 under a somewhat new and somewhat shady director. Uh, we've got Daniel Craig as Bond here, uh, and uh, he turns to Money Penny and Q for a little bit of support. Uh, but to star, it's Christoph Waltz. He's diabolical as Blofeld. Uh, that's Spectre. It's very, very good. All right. And I was kind of hoping we would run out of time, but we do have time to dis- to tell uh, to say what's on new on television tonight. I can't believe these pageants still take place. I can't believe it either. The 66th Miss Universe competition tonight, and we'll see if Steve Harvey can get it right this time. Uh, last year, the host announced the wrong winner of this competition. He gets another chance this evening from Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas. It is hard to believe there are still beauty pageants, but there you go. It's tonight on the Fox Network, Jill. There you go. Lots of options out there. Rick, thank you so much. We will talk to you next weekend. Thank you, Jill. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.